Good evening, High Point. Uh, we're Zach and Linda McConnell, and we're excited to have some time with you tonight. And we've been members here at High Point for over 20 years. And we're excited to tell you a little bit about our story, our faith, and our vision for High Point. And we're going to have Linda start and tell you sure. a little bit about her background. Sure. Well, um, a lot of y'all know me, but to share more specifics, I was born in San Antonio of much older parents. Uh, Zach has that in common as well. Uh, my mom had me a week prior to her 45th birthday. My father fought in the Korean War, then he became a patent attorney. He was raised evangelical Lutheran, and my mom was the granddaughter of a German-speaking Missouri Synod Lutheran founder and minister in Kansas for a congregation. A mom became a realtor after working for the CIA as a spy, a very interesting background. Uh, she went overseas where she located and escorted out of Eastern European uh, areas scientists who the U.S. wanted from behind the Iron Curtain. My mom was a spiritual warrior. All four of my sisters are strong, independent, religious girls. We all admire Deborah in Judges, each one of us. One sister is a retired senior engineering executive for Lockheed Martin. Another was a Johnson & Johnson vice president. Now she's a Christian counselor, very proud of her. And the other one is a retired lawyer. All, all four of us are all deeply religious. My family attended the Lutheran Church and school also, Missouri Synod, which is extremely conservative of the Lutheran faiths. We studied the King James Bible growing up and I uh, attended Lutheran parochial school. I was around wonderful, Christian-loving members. We went to chapel on Wednesdays. We sang in the children's choir. We had daily memorization of Bible verses that we would recite for a grade. We went to church every Sunday, and my mom was a Sunday school teacher for 25 years. No gap, and she never complained. My dad became an elder. Our church was one of the largest churches at the time. Billy Graham even came to speak there. We were very diverse, and we were a very involved family. Well, during my elementary school years, my dad is an elder, uh, unfortunately walked in on our minister having an affair. You can't unsee that. My dad was shocked, he felt betrayed, and he unfortunately never went back to that church. My dad's parents were divorced since my Jewish grandpa left my Lutheran grandma during the Depression. And my dad struggled with forgiveness and abandonment due to this situation, so it really hit him very hard. My mother offered, go to, offered to go to another church my dad felt it was important to keep us in the Lutheran school and the same church. I felt like an insider and an outsider at the same time that I, during this chapter of my life that I walked through without my dad attending church with us. Then on to high school, I was awarded the most likely to pursue a Christian leadership role by my public high school counselors of a class of 600. I was completely shocked and humbled. I wasn't even aware they had this award. And I just didn't realize at the time how obvious I was about my faith with my friends. We prayed for each other all the time, and everyone knew it. God was always with me through elementary on to today. I have ongoing conversations with God, 
and he reveals the answer to my prayers with a peaceful direct message as I wait, and I know he's directing my path. Last night, God told me to walk up to our den chair, put my hand in the back seat of it, and pulled out my son's lost wallet. I had been praying and searching for that lost wallet for several days, completely through the house, couldn't find it anywhere. But God clearly did that for me. He's there for me even in the little things. I was standing in the den, shocked with the wallet in my hand. Why am I still surprised when God answers my prayers? That's right. Linda, let's say hi to a few people. We see that sure. we have Connie and Dee Bailey online watching with us, and so we're happy that they're here. Brenda Wobble. Hey, Brenda. Uh, also, we've got Clarice Hickman. Hey, Clarice. Uh, then, uh, let's see, the Fullinchecks. Hey, Fullinchecks. Uh, good evening. We're glad to see you. Uh, Wilma, Wilma Holloway saying hello to everyone. Uh, Judy and Bill Bates are here with us. So thanks for tuning in tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike and Sherry uh, Gilly are here. Linda uh, Quintana is here. Uh, Karen Perry, Jill Trailer Cox. Hey, Jill. Uh, Bill James, Bill and Kathy. Hey, Bill. Okay, Kathy. Glad they're here. Uh, Paula Austin, Talia Allen, and John. Hey, guys. Larry Seal and Jerry are here. Uh, Harriet Overstein, uh, Delauder. <laughs> I had to put that Overstein in there. I, I don't see that all the time. Uh, uh, Patsy Mickelson uh, and Mickey, I bet, is there too. So good to see you guys. Linda Robertson, John Herzog. The Herzogs are here. Uh, Nancy uh, Middlebrook. And so we're glad that you're, you're online with us uh, tonight. And, and thanks. So uh, if you have any comments or questions, I'll try to get to those at the end, but let's, let's continue with Linda's story. Sure. Well, I went on to UT Austin. I met Zach my senior year, and he was the second Church of Christ member I had ever met. I moved to Dallas. I would see Zach and go to church sometimes with him, but we didn't find a church home. He still lived in a small town, and the small town Church of Christ legalism tradition felt very foreign to me for all the churches we visited. We were engaged after about a year and a half of dating after college. We were married in a smaller Lutheran church, but agreed to go to Church of Christ once we married. I continued working in Dallas, and Zach worked in his parents' furniture store in Italy, Texas. We bought a house in Waxahachie, and we went to a small Church of Christ at the time. Well, then Zach's parents opened a Thomasville Furniture Gallery in Dallas, and we worked there daily, including Sundays, which kept us away from regular church attendance. When we went to church, we attended Waterview. My husband bought a house one day all by himself. That's a story in itself. But we soon discovered the house had an unfortunate evil past. And gradually, we started hearing strange male voices, electrical flashes, knives missing, and our girls were scared for their lives. They no longer were willing to sleep upstairs. My factual mind could not process that this was going on but my world was completely shattering. We couldn't decide initially if a person was hiding inside the house or if it was an evil spirit, to tell you the truth. We installed motion and security alarms on every door. However, the commotion escalated. We could no longer sleep in the house. I was embarrassed to confess this to my Lutheran mother, who felt only Lutherans in Missouri Synod are saved. But out of complete panic and desperation, I called my mom and I told her we had an evil spirit. 
She told me what to do and I did it in Jesus' name and the evil spirit left our house. I knew we were dealing with spiritual warfare and Jesus walked me through it. It was the most frightening time of my life and that was the turning point when I realized that the devil was real and he could come after me and my family. Evil spirits are commonly discussed in the Bible, but why did I think I was immune? We opened a second furniture store, the economy slowed, and we needed to shut down a store, which led to a bankruptcy due to a long-term lease of a property. We were only 26 at the time, just kids. It was, only, it was so shocking, it was a humbling ordeal. Here I was this UT McCombs Business School graduate, and I couldn't fix it. Jesus walked us through it. It was a time of failure, but God wanted this door closed. This chapter was our walking in the wilderness time. We worked retail hours, and not attending church regu regularly was not the path God wanted for us. Our daughter struggled in school, and then she was diagnosed with ADD in the second grade. Then later on, this happened to our second daughter, she was diagnosed with ADD, then our son, Zach Mitchell, also, along with anxiety. I was raised in a very smart family with everyone being overachievers, national merit scholars, and I was really struggling. How do I mother these children who are having a hard time in school? However, God walked me through it. The girls went on to Pepperdine. God was a big part of college for them. At the time, Pepperdine had only about 5% Church of Christ kids. However, they met more atheists there than they did in the small bubble that Gunner had to offer. This ended up being good for their spiritual growth to discuss their beliefs with friends who didn't know Christ. All three of my children have benefited from Christian counseling. I'm grateful for the godly counselors who have helped my kids grow in their faith and it really does take a village. And I appreciate each and every one of y'all for helping them out. After the furniture business failed, we opened a military career placement agency and worked nonstop. We prayed over each candidate for the best fit and God blessed our efforts. 10 years later, 9-11 happened and we could no longer get on base to meet veterans and companies were hesitant to hire and we were at war. Zach suggested we needed to close the company. Again, a very difficult decision for us. Now, had it once become again that our job had become an idol and we were putting in too much effort personally and too little reliance on God? That was a thought. While we were at conference, my in-laws accidentally caught our house on fire. We lost an entire upstairs floor but we were able to work the next mon Monday downstairs in the same building. This was a complete miracle. I learned material possessions are really overrated. And at that time, we also lost two brother-in-laws to cancer. They were only 40 years of age. That was a hard lesson. That was life is short. God directs our path and I've learned to, be, to follow it, be quiet and listen for Jesus God is calling us to work for him. Ask him to help you hear his voice for guidance, learn and read devotions and scriptures that give you peace, and he will help direct your steps. 
After attending a Church of Christ in Sherman, we decided High Point was more of a fit for both of us, and we have been here since Zach Mitchell was a baby. We worked in High Point Kids Zone Ministry, it wasn't even called that initially, for many years with our kids, and I am so grateful we worked with them in the children's ministry. Now, as our kids are grown adults, they do attend church. They're just not at Church of Christ anymore. Zach and I were the siblings who took care of both sets of parents before they passed. We're an empty nest now, have three adorable grandkids we're very proud of, and then transition to an empty nest was easier than I expected. Well, God was with us each step of the way. This effort caring for our parents helped us launch Approved In-Home Care, with which we help elderly stay in their home while they age. Working with elderly shut-ins does give us great purpose. Our marriage has been through many trials, disappointments, both dark and happy times. We've been to Christian counseling for guidance and help. We learn to pray together every night for God's wisdom, protection, and to resist temptations. I read, a I read a chapter in the Bible daily, and I learn more about myself and what Jesus would have me do. It's really a process, and Jesus has helped me through it all. My go-to Bible verse, influenced by my mom, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Along with John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is my wish for High Point. God wants us to chase after all people, no judgment of who, which will bring diversity to our congregation as we follow God's ultimate plan of being saved by his mercy and grace while loving more of everyone. If I don't know you, please introduce yourself to me so we can get to know you better. I love you all. Y'all are all precious. We're not designed to walk through life alone. God designed us to be together, encouraging each other, holding hands, giving each other support. No matter the battle, big or small, God will stand in the gap. God will fight our battles before us as we surrender to him. Pray without ceasing, keep the faith, call upon his name, and he is there right by your side instantly. Each one of you is precious, and we enjoy walking with you as we are all transformed by the Holy Spirit. Thanks, hon. All right, we've got a few more people that have logged on and said hi. We've got Norma Nichols. Hey, Norma. Uh, the McNeils uh, are here. Uh, Ken and Dun uh, Sharon Dunlap, uh, they're here watching with us tonight, so that's great. Joe Payne Pierce, uh, thank you. Love this family. You're such a sweetheart. And say hi to Don. I bet he's sitting right there, too. And then uh, Nancy White. Hi, Nancy. I'm glad you're here with us. Mm -hmm. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about my background and and how I grew up in my vision for High Point. I, I grew up in a small town of Italy, Texas, or as the locals will say, Italy. And it's 1,309 people, and that was on a good day. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very small, and I attended the small church of Christ there. My father was an elder. We were very much uh, book, chapter, and verse in our approach, uh, at least the verses we wanted to see. 
uh, up front, when you'd come in on Sunday mornings, you'd look up front of the church and would have our, what I call our scoreboards up there. It would show the attendance last week and the giving last week. And occasionally, on a really good Sunday, we'd get to pull out the one and put three digits. We'd break 100 people. Now, that was usually on Easter Sunday, but we were still thrilled about it. You know, everyone had their place, even their pew. One man in our congregation actually asked visitors to move out of the pew because that's the one he sat in all the time. And, and guys, there were open seats everywhere. Uh, a lot of pews in this small church. Uh, but I loved it. It was a small, tight-knit group of people. And many of those people still have a very positive impact on me today. I, I love the memories of going to the potluck dinners. Oh, you'd find some of the best fried chicken you'd ever had in your life at those. And it, it is wonderful, warm memories of my childhood. However, there was another side to our little church. It was a church that felt if you weren't Church of Christ, then you were going to hell. In fact, we spent our Sunday morning class time, our Sunday night class time, and Wednesday night class time conducting mock interviews and debates to show how others were incorrectly following the Bible. After very legalistic training in my youth, as an adult, I continued in that view, in that walk, for many, many years. There was a time where I even taught classes, and I would use a book as the text and outline. It was why I'm a member of the Church of Christ. It's very unfortunate, and more unfortunate, this legalistic walk continued. After Linda and I married, we had two daughters, and then 10, year, 10 years later, a son. Almost felt like two families. When our daughters were young, we decided to move to Gunner, Texas. We wanted to find a little more rural environment that was a slower atmosphere, a little kinder atmosphere. Uh, we then attended Western Heights Church of Christ in Sherman, Texas, where we were very involved. Uh, we taught, uh, led singing, uh, we had a strong fellowship with the young families. Uh, it, was, it was a great experience. As our daughters got older and approached their teen years, we began to look for a church that had a larger youth program. And that's what led us to High Point over 20 years ago. Our first couple of years at High Point were a little hit and miss. And then we settled into a role with the children's worship. It didn't even have the name Kids Zone back then. For the next 13 years, we worked with children's worship during every Sunday morning's assembly. And after 13 years, we once again had the, attend, uh, the opportunity to attend Sunday morning worships. It, it was kind of funny because everybody we knew just either forgot about us or was gone and everyone thought we were new here at High Point. Yeah, we weren't new, we were just stuck in the back room with the kids. But it was great. Mm -hmm. It was a time of transition. And it was a point that I truly began to develop my own faith in relationship with God. Not my dad's faith, not the date faith of the little church that I was in, but the faith of the love of God and a God that loves us. Our God was not the one of legalism, but the God who desperately wants to have a relationship with us. A God of grace, a God of love, and a God of forgiveness. All right, let's take just a break here for a moment. Let's see who else is uh, logged on. It looks like we've got the uh, uh, Karen Perry. Uh, thank you for being here with us tonight. Uh, uh, the Vanderpools. 
Hey, Marsha and Glenn, glad to see you guys here with us. Uh, Ken Dunlap, uh, Stacy Quintana, some more comments. So we're just thrilled you're all here. All right, so my dad always had a saying. He said, a smart man changes his mind and a fool never does. I wanna tell you a story, it's a true story, of a football punter. There was a young man who was raised by a very good Christian family. He was active in his church, and of course he was a very good punter. So much so that after an outstanding college career at Notre Dame, he was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. This punter was selected to the NFL All-Rookie Team and named Pro Bowl alternate three times. He threw a touchdown pass, named NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, ran for a touchdown in the same season that he threw for a touchdown, and he is the only special team player in NFL history to run and pass for a TD in the same season. He scored three touchdowns during his NFL career. The guy even won Super Bowl. But he realized after winning the big game that the glory was short-lived. He was later quoted saying, I'm enjoying the things that last forever. Life means three things for me, and he's very clear on this. God, family, and music. He said while growing up, our church services were so different. There's an old boy who comes up with a hymnal and says, turn to page 400, gets his hand up, and we begin singing. Later, I watched a TV interview he did on a Christian station. And he said, looking back, I now see God had more important things to worry about than traditions and legalism. Mine, God, is one of love and grace. I was left with a feeling that during his years when he was growing up in his home congregation, that he may have felt troubled and empty, especially in his college years when he'd come back home during the summer. He spoke how his church taught, if you're not a member of this church, then you were going to hell. He was known as Hunter the Punter. His name was Hunter Smith. He grew up in Sherman, Texas and attended Western Heights Church of Christ. When he was home from college one summer, he attended a series of Wednesday night classes with other college students. The class was based on the legalistic book, Why Am I a Member of the Church of Christ? I was the teacher of that class. I never want to be that person again. If I had thought my teaching pushed him away from God rather than toward God, what a loss. The loss of a young man that used his platform as an NFL player and musician to reach others for Christ. He's no longer a member of the Church of Christ, but he's making a strong impact in growing God's kingdom. So as my dad says, a smart man changes his mind and a fool never does. I began to have a personal relationship with God, a God of love, a God of grace, and a God of forgiveness. As God has written about in Psalms 145, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. God's described in Ephesians 2 as God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he has loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made alive together with Christ. By grace, 
you have been saved. Mm -hmm. My vision, my vision for High Point is a church body rich in God's grace, love, and mercy. When I think about this vision, it's very simple. It's a church dedicated to growing God's kingdom. Three simple words that mean so much. Grow God's kingdom. In my mind, it has two important elements. Number one, to reach those that do not know God and bring them into a relationship with him. And number two, for our members to have personal growth with him. I said in 2 Peter 3, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever. My vision for High Point is that we have a church prepared to create an environment to reach and pull people into a relationship with God. Our biggest opportunity for growth is young families that don't know Christ or those that haven't had an active relationship with him recently. If you think about it, many times when people are in their 20s, they tend to stray from their attendance or relationship with God. But as they get married and have kids, they think about those children's spiritual life and what they might have encountered when they were young. Those young parents then decide to return to church and try some, or decide to try church for the first time. It's at this critical moment, as they walk into the doors of High Point for the very first time, that we must create an atmosphere to engage and draw them toward God. We must think beyond our comfort zone. The things that we like and dislike and the traditions we're comfortable with, guys, it's not about us. It's about growing God's kingdom. We need to make God's message appealing. We need to make his word engaging, not for us, but for them. As written in Mark 10, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. Mm -hmm. We need to embrace that point of reference. It's not about us. It's about bringing others to Christ, whatever it takes. Of course, our actions need to be scriptural. But if traditions limit our reach to the unchurched, then that's on us. So let's use Jesus as our guide. Mm -hmm. What did he do to get people's attention and what actions did he take? He delivered a story of hope, grace, and love to everyone. The sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, and the Gentiles. He used his power and did whatever was necessary to get them to engage with people and listen. And I mean everything. In Matthew 15, verse 30, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. They laid them at his feet and he healed them. Mm -hmm. He even raised people from the dead. Mm -hmm. What was inherently salvation oriented about those actions? Nothing. Nothing really. What it did was two things. Number one, it showed the power and mightiness of God. And number two, it got their attention so that they would listen to his message and stop. So when we quibble about the order of our services, if the music notes are on our slides, that means nothing, nothing. 
Just as Jesus did, we should do whatever it takes to get people's attention so they hear and understand God's message. And when we don't, because of some tradition that we find comfort in, shame on us. High Point needs to be a large, growing church. If you happen to think that you want a small church where you know everybody, this might sting a little, but that's selfish and centered on oneself and not others. I've been as guilty as anyone in my past. And now as I'm getting older and hopefully a little wiser, I'll leave those self-serving traditions behind and concentrate my efforts on growing God's kingdom. While High Point is a great congregation of Christians, we have grown to be stagnant. Over the last 20 years, our attendance has stayed flat, our giving is about the same, and when we compare this to a city of McKinney that has grown dramatically and then add in inflation, is that flat line really flat or are we in decline? Here's the good news. God has given us a church with great people in a highway front location in a growing city. He's provided us the opportunity. Now we need to multiply what he has given to us. Matthew 25 tells the story of three servants that were given talents from their master. Two servants were praised for their work in doubling their talents. The other buried his talents and created no growth. The servant, that servant, was called wicked and slothful and was not pleasing to his master. God has given us much here at High Point. What are we going to do with those talents? Which servant are we going to be? So my vision for High Point, let's get this dynamic group of Christians working together, setting traditions aside, doing whatever it takes to grow God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. Guys, you got any questions, comments? Uh, we're just uh, right up against the, the end here. We're very glad that you tuned in with us tonight. Yeah. Thank you all for sharing the evening with us. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, let's, uh, let's take the time to pray together. Okay. okay. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blessing that you've given us of this church, this High Point Church, the group of people that are here uh, that have dedicated their lives to you, faithful, loyal servants of yours, Lord. And those people lift us up every day. Mm -hmm. This Christian fellowship is so important, mm -hmm. and thank you for that blessing of so many blessings you give to us, God. Help us to use those blessings to grow your kingdom, God and do your work. Chase after our hearts, our minds, our souls. Fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we make our identity 100% in you, Christ. And help forgive us of our sins, deliver us from all evil, so that one day we could all be with you in heaven for eternity. And God, keep us always reminded it's not our will be done, but yours. Let us make our lives all about you in your honor, in your glory, into your service, Lord. Make us the humble servants we should be. Thank you, God, for your salvation, the grace and love you've shown us, and that your Son died for us, Lord. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Thanks, guys. We appreciate you being here. Bye, guys.